sir. I am good, LT. Happy holidays. You too. Now, for those who don't know, because I think we are, you know, we know where you are, but we want to make sure we get all of you. How can people access you daily and weekly? Give us your rainbow of lexicon. Oilers Nation YouTube, Daily Faceoff YouTube. I am live every day at 10 o'clock with Frank Saravalli on DFO, and I am live with my good British or English pal, Liam Horbin at noon every day on Oilers Nation. Now, is Liam actually English, or is that a fake accent? Uh, well, he was born there, so I like to think he's actually English. So he says. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. Do we have? Have you seen his birth certificate? We know how that works. Maybe I should ask for documentation. Well, I'm just saying, does he eat really weird food? Because then he's English. No, he eats very bland foods, which would be which would be the answer to that. Yeah, I think he can't hear me talking smack about him at the office. (laughs) Well, that does mean he's English. Um, All right, my grievance for you is uh, because it's Festivus tomorrow, and I'm not on the air tomorrow, so I'm I'm airing all grievances, sir. You're like 25, and you take too many days off. Um, yeah, but I really make the most of the days I don't take off. So that's got to be worth something. You're framing the issue. You, you <laughs> like, what do you work like when you already take four weeks off, then how, what are you going to look forward to when you're, are you going to be retired or own the orders then what? Hey, retirement sounds like a decent idea. Actually, I might, uh, that might be a resolution for me next year. Wow. Wow. All right. Oilers last night. Uh, I thought they were going to lose. Like, after the second period, I contemplated turning the TV off, but Ziggy convinced me not to. And then they come out like a house on fire, and everybody's scoring. What did you? What was your takeaway from that game? Oh, wow. I mean, more than one, honestly. Um, first off, that top line they have with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Zach Hyman, and Connor McDavid, you can never split them up. That is your... Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak that the Bruins ran for a number of years. Like you keep that three together, and if the rest of your lineup stinks, oh well, you do not break up that line. Lotad, I think they might have the best line in hockey with those three. I don't know if you dug in to the five v five numbers last night, but they outshot New Jersey twenty to three at five on five in like fifteen minutes. They're impossible to stop. So that's one takeaway that the Oilers might have the best line in hockey on their team. The other takeaway is that this team stinks in the second period. I don't know what it is. They used to be bad in the first period. They're suddenly good in the first period now, but they stink in the second period. They go through these weird lulls almost every game. So those are probably the two big ones. Also, they did get a little bit of depth scoring. It was nice to see Ernie chip in. Good to see Ryan McLeod finally have a night. So I think those are kind of... (coughs) Yeah, it was was a fun game, uh, although it could have ended badly, but that third period was absolute fire. Loved watching it. Ryan McLeod looks good on the dry sidle line. I hope they run it tonight. What do you feel about it long term? They'd have to get a third line center. Is it worth it to play McLeod if that dry sidle line looks as good as it did in a short period last night? Yeah, I think so. And listen, I, I love that top line. The downside of the top line is, you know, you either need to play a Vander Kane with Leon Drysaddle or play him on the third line. And neither of those look like particularly good options. But I think Leon Dreisaitl plays best when he's got speed on his wings. And if you're going to put Warren Fogle and Ryan McLeod on either side of him, I think it could work. Maybe not long-term as in I'm comfortable going into the playoffs with it, but I think they could have some amount of sustained success. So I want to see them stick together. I thought the results were good last night. They scored two goals together in the third period. Definitely keep them rolling for now, but it definitely does highlight the need 
this team needs a top nine forward and like a darn good one as well. If it's a center and maybe you can run McLeod with Dreisaitl, sure. If it's a winger and you can move McLeod back to the third line, sure. But they need help up front. Did you hear, I did not hear Jack last night reference Jim Brown, did you? Uh, no, I was doing a live watch along on the Oilers Nation YouTube, so I did not have the sound off. Yeah, okay. I did see someone tweet us though. Yeah, I, I just I don't I didn't hear it, so I wanted to know if you had heard it. Um, we talked yesterday. Uh, Brad Slater was here. I called him Taylor Medic five times. You'll enjoy that. Um, but I he mentioned the idea of the Oilers trading for John Gibson, uh, who has a long term contract, but it sort of matches Jack Campbell and. He's played well, nine nineteen save percentage last I looked for Anaheim. Is that a bridge too far? Is that too much to bring on? You know, he's 30, but he has not had a great, you know, last three years or so. Is Gibson a guy on your list? Okay, first off, modified no-trade clause, American-born player. I kind of somewhat assume he wouldn't have interest in waving to come up to Edmonton. Second off, I think that's a bad idea. Okay, if you want to look at his career numbers and say, look, 9-12, that's good. Okay, uh, let's look at Jack Campbell's career numbers before he got to Edmonton low tide. Like, I mean, come on, let's try to just uh, – listen, I understand why maybe that idea would pop into your head, but let's take a peek at what John Gibson's done as of late. He's not that good of a goalie anymore. He had a prime where he was excellent, but I don't think he's that good of a goalie. I would not be interested in paying him 64 million dollars for the next three seasons i think it's just a flat-out bad idea to swap a bad contract for another bad contract if you're going to pay what it's going to take to get out of campbell get it off the books and use that money elsewhere don't just go trade campbell and assets for another poor contract i don't think that's a good idea and that i think that's absolutely fair now here's my question though i i you know two weeks ago people were saying to me why won't holland trade for james reimer and i said well because Detroit's in the playoff run, they're, they're, they might need him. Now they've got two goalies hurt, and he's the guy. Uh, how hard is it going to be for the Oilers to make a trade for a goaltender? It seems like the market is pretty tight. Yeah, it's very tight. Um, you know, I'm really intrigued by the idea of Carol Vamelka out of Arizona. I think that's a guy who could work here, 27 years old. He's had some good runs with the Coyotes. From the goalie people I read, they seem to really, really like his game as well. And listen, if you can't get out of all of Jack Campbell, Frank Saravalli yelled at me yesterday on the show when I brought this up. But if you take Campbell low tide and you keep $2 million of it in a deal with Arizona where you then get Carol Vimelka, you can basically just live your life pretending you gave Carol Vimelka a $4.75 million contract for each of the next two years. And in that third year when you're going, well, wait, you'd have $2 million of dead money on your book. Well, the buyout for Campbell in that third year is 2.6. So you're out ahead in every scenario. I would be gunning hard after Vimelka. Arizona is one of the few teams that could probably stomach Jack Campbell's contract, especially if it was retained. I would love to explore something. Arizona also needs defensemen. And I don't know if you've been watching Michael Kesselring, but they got a pretty good defenseman from the Oilers last year. Why wouldn't they want to go down that path again? I think something around Campbell, Broberg, the first-round pick to get Vimelka and at least $3 million of Jack Campbell off the books, I think that's the way they got to go. Wow, that's a big trade, sir. Calling out the John Gibson idea and then throwing that one out. I mean, there's risk there. Yeah, I mean, but it's not $6.5 million of a 30-year-old goalie risk. Like, again, I just, 
John Gibson, and again, talking to goalie people, like he was not good the last couple of years in Anaheim. Part of it was the bad team, but then you watch Lucas Doshnell go in there and put together decent results for that same Ducks team. I have zero interest in a six-plus million-dollar goalie, basically no matter who they are. Man, I, 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 I don't like any of these options. That's the God's honest truth. I, I like if you're trading first in a Broberg, and Broberg, uh, and, and like I mean, I know you've got to trade Campbell. Then I want, I want uber certain that I don't think either of those guys qualify. What about your friend Kristen Jari? Do you think he could be moved out? Uh, he just signed. I mean, granted, the Oilers have a guy on their roster, Matthias Ekholm, who signed an extension then less than a year later with Slip. I like Jari. That price point, I mean, it's 5.3. Like, you could maybe stomach it if you get Campbell off the books, but I just can't see Pittsburgh being interested in dealing him, right? Like, they're trying to keep the window open. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I'm unsettled enough that I hope they do nothing. But I, I will take your Arizona idea under advisement. How's that? Yeah, I mean, first Broberg, if you're keeping money on Campbell, probably isn't the best move value-wise, just spitballing off the top of the dome low tide. Um, but something along those lines, right? Like, I, I'd love to get out of all of Campbell, and Arizona feels like one of those teams who would be willing to do it if you gave them a young roster player like Broberg. So, I don't know. I, I, the Vemelka thing, just because of Arizona's cap space, my dream fit is still Mackenzie Blackwood, though. I think that's the guy they should be gunning for hard on the trade market. Do you sense that Dylan Holloway's back soon, and where would you play him? Because center might be a, a need here pretty soon. Oh, yeah, center is becoming a need. And, I mean, maybe Chris Knobloch's comfortable enough with Matias Yanmark there in spot duty, some sort of split thing between him and Gagne breaking up the face-offs, and then, you know, Yanmark does the actual skating of the center position when the puck's down. I want to see Dylan Holloway with Leon Dreisaitl, though. I think if we want to talk about putting some speed next to big number 29, if Holloway fits next to Dreisaitl and Fogle, then you can move McLeod back to third line, play him with Kane, sure, have Yanmark on the other side, flip one of them to their off wing, and you start to see how your top nine comes together. But I'm very, very intrigued about the idea of Holloway next to Dreisaitl when he's healthy, whenever that is. So I'm assuming you get the uh, rest of December and half of January off with your holiday schedule. What's the plan for Christmas? Uh, The plan for Christmas is honestly, it's pretty low key for me now. Like it's just, you know, small little thing with my family, my two sisters and my parents, small little thing with the girlfriend's family, and then a lot of relaxing. So I'm excited for that. Well, look forward to it. Have a happy, happy Christmas. Enjoy your time off. uh, And we'll talk to you soon. 